Uh, so we 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 uh we've been uh, spending some time talking about in relationship boot camp about quite a few things, and we haven't been. Thank you, sir. We haven't been limiting our conversation to uh, marriages, uh, but just relationships in general, parent relationships, friends, uh, connections, loved ones, workers. Trying to cover everything, right? Okay. Uh, we've talked about boundaries and how, you know, the Bible says when I was a child, faced a child, father's a child, and stood as a child, when I became a man or a mature male or female, I put off childish things. So the thing is, when you grow up, what you do is you establish boundaries. So boundaries and what you're going to think about, boundaries and how you're going to communicate, boundaries and even what you allow yourself to absorb. If you don't establish boundaries or, you know, I know sometimes we go, well, it's, it's too, much, too many things to focus on. Well, children think like that too. Children don't want no rules, no responsibilities, you know, no consistency. They just want to win. And, and that's okay. They're children. <laughs> but as we are mature to adults, we should want to establish boundaries. And if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of us have gotten into trouble because there were no boundaries. You know, either we walked outside of the presence of God or walked in a trap or in a manipulation or in control or in something that hurt our hearts, not because the person was evil. They didn't know how to protect your heart and it wasn't their responsibility, it was yours. You know, you're supposed to establish boundaries. So we talked about that. We don't have to get too much into that. We talked about communication and we hit three, three aspects of communication. There's a lot of them where we hit uh, assertiveness, just you know, don't assume an intent, but share with the person how they're affecting you. No one can argue with the effect. Everyone can argue with, with the assumed intent. So if I say something and it hits you the wrong way and you go, because you don't like me, well, I can defend that all day. <laughs> but if you say this is how it affected you, I have no defense for that. I'm going to apologize for that because that wasn't my intent and we talked about active listening and we talked about making it catchable we might be saying the right thing but packaging it the wrong way uh, I, i'll do it again because uh this will be the last week uh you know i apologize again i apologize two weeks in a row this will be the third week because everybody wasn't here so you know so i'm gonna make sure i'm eating all of my responsibility but but uh you know i was challenged on my package uh, that sometimes has been sarcastic Right? So it's not about if I'm trying to say the right thing. If, it, if it's hitting somebody the wrong way, then it's not the right package. It's my job to make it catchable, you know. All right, so we talked about communication. Oh, Wednesday. I don't know what y'all was thinking about, but if you wasn't here Wednesday, uh, we talked about intimacy, you know. And, 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 and listen, I, married or not, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle. Then. I'm not saying it's been a struggle for me. <laughs> I was going to say, wait a minute. <laughs> it's not a struggle. It's not a struggle. <laughs> See, I packaged, it the, I packaged it the wrong way. Like, what I was saying is for a lot of relationships, it's been a struggle. It's not, we, we got that covered. <laughs> Trust me on this. It wouldn't be smiling if we didn't. I'd be like, I skipped the topic. Uh, no, 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 I can't, I can't skip the topic. Uh, but we talked about it, and you know, we had some very good questions, um, some some insightful things. But we talked about how we've allowed lust to um, destroy our opportunity for some genuine love connection. Can't get too deep into it because it's Sunday, but you have to get the recording for Wednesday, right? All right, so well, we 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 got into everything. Pastor Mel, actually, you know. She, she shared the truth and love. Pastor Mel, I be thinking I'm trying to be tactful, but Pastor Mel, <laughs> she, 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 she you said you heard it? Well, yeah, she was said. It rated X? Yeah. Was it rated no, X? No, 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 oh, it was just the truth. It was the truth. Okay. It was the truth, you know, which we can't talk about here today because, you know, children. we have a family show on Sunday. So, so it's more an adult premiere on Wednesday. Uh, and then uh, this morning we talked about uh, genuine relationships in terms of friendships, uh, friendships and family, friendships in general, but also um, 
as a married couple being friends and how, you know, we get all the, the butterflies, the events, the venues, the trinkets, the toys, but, but those things are supposed to be a part of the relationship. If, if your whole relationship is based on events, where you go, uh, gifts, things that the, the entire relationship is based on that, those things get old. Think about the last special gift you had. Just take a second and think about it. And whether it's married or not, anybody. Think about the last, kids are good for this. Excited on Christmas Day, two weeks later, they, that, that toy over there, like either broke or, or forgotten about. Because things don't have an eternal effect on us. They have a temporary effect on us. Right? So I don't care if it's chocolates, flowers, we can go to an event. You may enjoy it, but if, if there's some danger in your friendship, when you leave the event, you just argue in the car. How many have done that before? Good. Well, I just wanted to see who was going to raise the hand, like, you know, right? You said, I was like, why be so? So that means, or you, you ever, like, things are uh, tense, you're like, okay, well, we're going to go on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't spend thousands of dollars to argue. Because <laughs> you're telling yourself that the venue is going to change the relationship, right? But the relationship is what makes the venue, is what makes the gifts, and what makes the trinkets. It's what makes the, the flowers have value. They're just flowers without a solid relationship. And it's just chocolate without a solid relationship, right? So we spent some time talking about uh, those things. Did you want to jump in with some thoughts from this morning? Um, or any thoughts about some of the things we talked about before we get into? I, I really enjoyed the boundary. The boundary. Uh, the reason why is because, <laughs> well, I don't want to get back to it, but yeah. I just want to just share, you know, you can't take a single life boundary into a covenant and think that it's going to work. Um, there's boundaries in every area or every situation that you're at in your life, whether you're a single person, whether you're a family person, whatever, there's always boundaries. But if we don't think boundaries first and establish what those boundaries, the boundary, boundaries look like, and that this becomes like the, um, the uh, gauge mm -hmm. of whether or not that boundary is appropriate, if we don't have a boundary mindset, we can find ourselves really not really uh, being accurate in the walk with God. You know, the scripture talks about the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, right? And then, um, you know, you think about uh, walk circumspectly. Well, if you, if you don't have, if you walk through life uh, bound, <laughs> what, how, winging it. Yeah. Bound, bound, boundless. Yeah. Just winging it. Yeah, you, and winging it, then that is a dangerous uh, situation to be in because it can cause you to be off a degree, and a degree in most cases can take you to an enemy's territory. Cost you everything. It, it can cost you everything. So boundaries like really made me think about it. Like, are we really creating boundaries? Boundaries even over your heart. You know, you have to guard your heart with all diligence. But if you just allow, allow anything and anybody and every situation into your heart, then what are you doing? What are you, you literally are opening yourself up to danger, you know, like unforgiveness. When you find yourself just refusing to release a person in your life because you didn't establish boundaries that if someone offends you ever in your life, you're going to do something with that. You're not going to take it in because remember I talked about long time ago, the way God created us is to take in and eliminate, take in and eliminate. And I use the whole analogy of uh, food. You take in food, right? Now, at some point, that food got to come out, right? Because what happens to the food in you that does not come out, it rottens. And it not only does it rotten, but it causes toxins in your, in your system. Toxins turn into cancer. Toxins turn into cancer. And so you, gotta, you, you are designed to take in, figure out what to do with it. Hopefully you've created some boundaries 
one of the boundaries is, okay, I'm supposed to guard my heart right now, right now, right now. You can either take this situation that this person offended me, I could release it, let it go, let them go, trust that God's got them, because the scripture says, the vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and then keep it moving. Or, if I have not established boundaries, when I am offended, I take it in, and guess what? Store it. I store it, I keep it moving, and now I'm a bitter, I'm a bitter person, and not only that, but I'm, I'm, I'm wreaking havoc on my system. So boundaries to me was like big. We, we, we look over boundaries. We don't want no boundaries. We, don't, we look at boundaries as you're trying to keep me from, as opposed to it's for protection. Exactly. And so it just made me think about that. Boundaries are so, so big, yes. Uh, just because she brought it up, that's, that's the purpose of this word here. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's your guidelines. It's, it's, uh, it is your protection. But sometimes in our life, when we haven't matured, we look at boundaries as prevention. Mm -hmm. And if you take a child and you say, don't go to that light socket over there, where they going? They going to the light socket. Because they think you're trying to stop them from something. Mm -hmm. uh, I did a, a chapel with, a, uh, uh, with the... Uh, uh, arena football team and we were talking and, and and i started out by talking about boundaries and i said okay how do you see them and they pretty much 90 percent of them said we see it as prevention and that's where our issue is we're trying to like this if we feel that we're being restricted we want to fight for freedom and control and so as opposed to seeing boundaries as protection, and that's what maturity is. We're going to get into it uh, the next couple of weeks. We're going to talk about back to the basics. So I won't get totally into it, but we come to that altar and we give our life to God, right? So, you know, I surrender all, present yourself as a living sacrifice. But do we really? Because just like she said, you can't bring a single life into a covenant world. You can't bring that old carnal mindset mm -hmm. into a covenant with God. And so, but God's not mad. He's just saying, okay, now that you're in this life, just like it's your new job. Some of you have new jobs, taking new jobs, got new positions. You go through an orientation, right? You just can't come in there doing what you want to do. Mm -hmm. You can't come in there. You could take a, you can get a job right now. Same job, uh, uh, Tori, you're in the trucking. You can get a job right now in another company. You just can't come in there and say, well, this is how we ran our routes. This is how we secured our freight. You know, they may not use the same. same so you, you have to be orientated to their routes, their job, and their system, right? Mm -hmm. And everything you do, right? You have to learn. So you come into the kingdom, and, and the kingdom is the only place that we think is okay for us not to go through an orientation. Like, we skip discipleship class. You go, I, I came to the altar, what you want? Almost like you did God a favor by coming to the altar. But God says, now that you've come to the altar, now let me orientate you into this new life. So what does he say? Hey, you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So he tells you, hey, don't conform. That's what you've been doing. Now it's time to be transformed. Right. So then he then he tells you, OK, meditate on the word day and night. Do all that's written therein. Then shall you make your way prosperous. And then you say you have good success. They were telling you you would be prosperous and successful, but they had you running around in the wheel like a little mouse on the wheel. But hey, so he's talking to you. He's talking to your soul. Then he tells your soul, hey, walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. He said, the spirit is indeed willing, so it'll, it'll keep you moving where you need to go. The flesh is weak. Don't feed the flesh. Then he says, hey, to be carnally minded, fleshly minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. But we actually, do you know what a carnal mind is? A carnal mind is, I come to church, I talk about God, but I play off of fleshly choices, worldly choices. So when I hear what God says, my response is, well, what's, why would I do that? Why is that important? But did I say that or did my, was I influenced by the flesh? See, I've already committed to something that's comfortable for my flesh. 
So when I hear the new standard, the renewing of my mind, it's, it's uncomfortable only because my flesh already has a momentum. My flesh is already has something that's it's pleasurable. Now it's, it's costing me. We ain't got to get all deep. Sugar, y'all know sugar will kill you if you, if, if you let it. Y'all know that, right? Sugar's not your friend. Did y'all know that? But it tastes good, don't it? <laughs> right? Okay, this is another one that's going to really mess you up. Y'all know starch ain't your friend either. Did y'all know that? Yeah. But, but, hey, 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 hey. But that mac and cheese is good, ain't it? Yeah, just say amen. Just, just, just say amen. Right, so what I'm saying is it tastes good, but it's eating your insides up. Ah, oh, man, I know. It's Sunday. Pretty soon you're about to go eat. But I'm only saying that to say things that taste, feel good, that, that don't mean it's good for you. So some of our habits, God is not saying... You're going to hell. God is saying, here, this is your way out of hell. Now, you can choose to go, well, I don't, really, I, I, I don't think, I, I don't care about all that. Look, interview if you have it. Some, of you, some people in your life that are older, some people in your life that are struggling with pain, that are in and out of the hospital. Ask them what they played off, that they were told before they got into that situation that they should change. Ask them. They'll tell you. I kept saying, man, you know, they had all their lines. Hey, hey, they ain't going to hurt nobody, this, that, and the other. But they hurt bad. So we do these same things. So as it relates to relationships, we already know people have momentum. People come in for courtship, and we go through all with how you're supposed to operate and how you're supposed to protect yourself, how you're supposed to, uh, you know, some people went through courtship. We was like, okay. <laughs> Now, the best way to do this thing is not to have sex until you get married. Now, if they already have sex, what you going to say? Now, what you need to do is go back in the time machine. No, 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 no. We're saying from this point on, let's make the relationship about friendship, relationship, not about sex and lust and emotions. Because sex outside of marriage is lust. That's not love. That will cloud you. That will weaken you. Within a covenant, it'll empower you. You see clearly. Trust me, I see great. Um, <laughs> so you, you see the difference? And so what we do is we challenge people, okay, can you fast the, the uh, what do you say, the, the, the romance because it's intoxicating. Why? Because if they don't, you can't see the red flags. Because lust creates blind spots. So there's stuff that could be bothering you. You can't, you know, you can't even see it. Like, or if you see it, you don't have the strength to hit the hit the shutdown button. Like momentum is taking you in a crazy direction, and you're whoa, 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 no, oh, oh, we got to stop this thing. When you're emotional or you're in lust, you just, it's almost like you're in a stupor. Yeah, oh, I don't want to say the guy's name. It was a guy who was being interviewed with his spouse, and they had drugged him up. So everything they were saying about the guy was, was crazy, and he was just sitting there. This is nationwide TV. I don't want to say the person's name, just in case you ain't see it. But he, everything they said, Later on, like some time later, he was like, I didn't agree with that, but he couldn't even say nothing. It was like he was sitting there. And they was dogging him out. But that's what happens when you're in lust. You're getting dogged out, but you... <laughs> okay. Okay. Like you, 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 and everybody around you is going, why are you being dragged around like a doofus? And you're fighting them. You use strength to fight the people that are trying to tell you the truth and help you, but you're not using that strength, what? To, to protect your heart and to establish boundaries. So that's all we're saying. We're, we're going to go through some stuff and, and back to the basics, but just from the angle of, are we trying to renew our mind? 
to harmonize how God sees things or we're trying to stay in our conformity to the way the world does things. The carnal mind, fleshly mind is death. The spiritually mind, spiritual mind is life and peace. All right? All right any thoughts about that? Yeah, you made me think about the kingdom of God. And we are all here, um, whether you know it or not, if you are a born-again believer, the goal is, is to embrace God's kingdom. God's kingdom is God's way of doing things. Um, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, right? That's the kingdom of God. Um, righteousness is being in right standing with God, right? You know, when you are actually in right standing with the creator of this universe, you don't look over your shoulder, you feel at peace, you know, you feel, you feel good, you know, when you know that God is pleased with you, right? Um, so you got righteousness, then you got peace. All of us is, we desire peace, right? Peace in our marriages, peace in our home, peace on the job. You know, peace is, is nothing missing, nothing lacking. That's what peace really is. Nothing missing, nothing lacking. And then joy. Who wouldn't want joy, right? Well, to, to have that kind of life, to embrace God's kingdom, it's embracing his system, now, we live in a world right now, right? We all live in a world, and the world has a system. The world system, it has a system regarding finances. It has a, a system regarding um, uh, relationships, even. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you look at some of the movies and, you know, some of the shows, um, they give you a picture, a false picture, really, of what a relationship looks like. You know, there are people that model their marriages after the Huxtables or, you know, what, whatever the case is. But we see movies and we try to emulate that. But that's not really going to give you the righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Right. So the, the kingdom of God is something that God endeavors for us to actually embrace and live in. So we are in this world, but we're not really of this world. And so when you embrace his kingdom, his way of doing things, everything you need is right here. Everything, everything you need is right here to have the joy, to have the peace that, 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 that surpasses all understanding. So even in the midst of your chaotic situation, you still will have peace. Even in the midst of your situation, you will still have joy. Why? Because you've embraced his system, and in his system, it's not any false pretense. He says he loves us. He has a plan for us. He has thoughts about us. And if he has all these ideas and thoughts and concepts about us, when things happen, for whatever reason, he allowed it. But guess what? It wasn't to tear you down. It probably was most likely to build you up. Because why? That's his system. See, the world system is, oh, honey, you know, just pacifies you. Oh, you're going to be all right. No, and good and doggone well, you're on your way to hell. You're going to be all right. You know, just go ahead and do, do that. Man, you know you want that. Hit that. I mean, I'm just saying, you, you know, your brothers might tell you to do stuff like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, you, you, you know, you know, ain't nobody going to see. It's late at night. Ain't nobody going to see that. You can erase the daggone history. You see what I'm saying? It, <laughs> he's just not realizing what I said. But you know what I'm saying? The world's way, it, it's, it's, it's cunning, it's conniving, it finds ways out, but taking you deeper in. That's good. And so you gotta, we, what we gotta do, <laughs> I'm sorry, what, what we gotta do is if we want to have this joy and this peace, you don't have to look over your shoulder. This is what God is saying. Embrace my system. My system, matter of fact, if you desire uh, finances, I'm a provider. And guess what? I have a way that I provide. Now, the world system in providing is you got stocks, you got bonds, you got savings, you got all this stuff that the world offers to do that. But my system is a little different. My system actually is seed time and harvest. My system is uh, sowing and reaping. My system is tithes and offering. And so if you look at his system versus the world system, it looks like actually the world system is uh, a little bit more, what's the word I'm trying to use? Enticing. Enticing. It looks more enticing. <coughs> but when you look at God's system, I'm telling you, it is such joy. 
like right now, our income has never, ever been conducive to our lifestyle. Never. It's since we've been together. Because we're tithers. And, and as a result of tithing, we, we don't live like what we make. I'm, I'm telling you, and I don't even want to figure it out. That's how, how deep it is, you, you know, like when you see the hand of God on your life. And, you know, sometimes we as humans be like, well, how did we do that? No, look, the, the, the goal is it's happening. Just, just, just it's happening. Don't, don't, don't try to figure it out. Just, just flow with it. So the kingdom of God is something that we really desire and should want to live in his kingdom. Because I'm telling you, it's getting so bad in this world right now, you can't tell a believer from a non-believer. They've done, people have crossed, um, there's the, what'd you say, cross? Blurred lines. Blurred, I did a teaching. I can't remember the name of the teaching, but what I did is I used uh, the Pacific and the uh, Mexi Gulf of Mexico, I believe it was. It was a picture of those two bodies of water. Pacific and Atlanta. Right? Uh, Pacific and Atlanta. Two yeah. bodies of waters coming together, right? Well, one of the side was mulky, and the other, the other side, mulky. <laughs> the other side very was very, very clear, very clean and blue, and you know, just looked good. But it was so interesting how these were two bodies of waters and they caught it right there where you could see the, like it was clear. This was mulky and the other one was actually uh, blue. What, if bodies of water can do that, do, do you understand what I'm saying? The bodies of water were separated. I mean, how much more would God want us to be separate? Come out from among you is what the scripture says. Among them, rather. You know, I mean, we should, we should look different. We should talk different. You know, we just sung that thing, uh, the song, Change Me. Change me from the inside out. Change me, my mind, the way I think. Change me the way my heart is. You know, change me. Change isn't change until you change. You know what I mean? And so, so we got we to gotta quit, like, saying things but then not putting feet and hands and everything to it so I just want to encourage everybody today really embrace the kingdom of God God's way of doing things and his kingdom is righteousness peace and joy uh, so so how does this all relate to relationships because what happens is we're trying to establish a godly relationship based on worldly rules mm -hmm. And it just doesn't work. So we have to renew our mind to God's way of doing things. Like, like we was talking about, we, we talked about earlier today, there are very few genuine relationships because very few people, uh, we just wanted to show you the, hey, yeah. could, could you, thank you. Just wanted to look, show you the, yeah. the picture. Of look, the look, at, look at that. They're very clear in, in, in the distinction between the two. So if a, if a, if a non-believer came into the church, would they be able to see clearly the distinction between themselves and the people in the church? I think it even gets to a point where you can see right over the top of it. Mm -hmm. But those two different colors are two different bodies, bodies of water. That's right. So it, I think it'll get to a point, you just let it keep playing, where when you look, you look over the top of it and it shows a line. The water knows, not the, the two bodies of water just knows to stay separate. Mm-hmm. Can't amazing. You see the waves on the other side? Mm-hmm. Look at that. That's, that's, that's deep. Like water know better than us. <laughs> <laughs> you see that difference there? Look at that. I, and, and, and the reason My why God. that's so big, you turn the light back on. Thanks, Marcus. The reason why that's so big is because, you know, she, she quoted the scripture, 1 Corinthians 6, says, come out from among them and be ye separate. Mm -hmm. uh, 1 Corinthians 6, I believe, 17. And so, you know, scripture says, you're lukewarm. If you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. So a godly marriage or a godly relationship or people living for God should look different than the world. Mm -hmm. But we so try to see how many things we can do that's in the world and still call ourselves Christians. Or if you hear a godly standard, you'll look for either someone that's compromising in Christ 
or someone in the world and go, well, look, they're doing it. But you're hearing what God says. You know, we was talking to somebody Wednesday when he's telling them, well, I have to give you what God says. We can't keep changing it for everybody's personal preferences. Like, we can't even preach our personal preference. So you can't bring a personal preference into a prophetic world. You can have a personal preference. So, so let's clear that up. But when you're in, uh, when you're representing the kingdom of God, you have a platform for the kingdom of God, you're communicating, you say you're a Christian, you're trying to lead people into the kingdom of God, you can't lead them with your personal preferences. That's, that's almost not fair to the person. This is what thus saith the Lord. So this is how, like when we communicate from here, now we can't go into everybody's house, everybody's daily drive, everybody's life, go, okay, your situation is this. I right, so in your situation, uh, you here, it may take you six months to get here. Your situation may take you two years. Your situation, you need to change yesterday. We can't do that. This is what thus saith the Lord. Now you have to, you're gonna feel the conviction. And then that, con that conviction is, is, is challenging you to set a goal to line up with the kingdom of God, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So now you have to be honest with yourself to say, whoa, I thought I was here. Uh, I did this, uh, one of the guys was in the office and, um, and we'll just use these glasses. So, so the guy, you know, he, he was just coming out of living in the world. So this would be living in the, no, that, that had to be God. This would be living in the world. So I said, so I, so I put, well, I had a set of keys, but I put them down. I said, so if you do anything worldly, you're closer to the world than you are to where God wants you to be. So you can't afford to do anything worldly anymore because you, you know how, I don't know how, how many y'all in the computers, but y'all know what Snapback is <laughs> or, or Snap2? So if you have like, like if I was editing film and I put that film on that timeline, it'll snap right together. Right? And so, so that's what happens. If you do something, you decide, well, you know, I haven't had a drink in a while. I just have no drink. Ain't no big deal. I watch a little porn. Ain't been a while. I've been doing pretty good. I've been, I been went a whole six months. You're going to snap back to here because you're closer to here than you are to mm -hmm. we're harmonizing with the kingdom of God. And so when you hear the word today or any day, all the word is putting a light on where you really are. It's not trying to condemn you. It's saying, hey, this is where you are. So you're supposed to be honest with that and go, whoa, I thought I was here. <laughs> but I realized, man, I'm there. So if it was, if you was late for work, if you were further along on your, your drive to get into another state, you start to speed up, don't you? Because you're like, man, I thought I was closer. You know, you know, you leave and you go, that'd probably take us a half hour. I'm good for that. That'd probably take us a half hour. And I get in there and, I, and it, it, the GPS say oh, it's, it's 45 minutes away. Well, I don't go, hey, get there when I get there. I'm speeding up. That's good. I make an adjustment mm -hmm. to fill in the gap. Like when somebody left their purse this morning. That wasn't nice. <laughs> I apologize, personal file. It's okay. it's okay. Right, but 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 I, I, I filled in a gap. I start speeding. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So so what? A sense of urgency now. Mm -hmm. Once so when you hear something, instead of rejecting it or pulling from a carnal mindset or world mindset to justify your positioning here. So you're pulling from here to justify your positioning here. This is hell. Yes, you're doing better than him. We get, I, hey, I hope so. <laughs> but, but, but this, if you're playing off of this as the standard of, man, I used to be, you know, I used Keith, I used to be smoked out. You know, I used to drink. You know, I used to do all types of drinking and weed and coke and all that. I ain't doing that no more, so I'm here. But when I, when I was putting this earth around, God's, designed for what's for me to be here. 
So when 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 I hear the the, the truth, the uh, interest of the word bringeth light, gives understanding to the simple. When I look into this word, I'm changing to this image day by day. When I look into this word, it's going, hey, 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 you're not keep moving. That's all it's saying is keep moving. But if you justify your positioning where you have urgency to move, if you have a reason, because we call it good reasons, would you move? Why, why? You'd be like, well, you know, hey, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's going to keep you here. Probably snap your back. That line. Man, nobody's perfect. No, no. Come on, man. We, we all make a mistake. You know, only Jesus is perfect. All that does is keep us stuck in the mud. It justifies our compromise. It justifies the things that we do that we do for pleasure that cheats purpose. That's all it does because everybody has done some things that was for pleasure that cheated purpose. Right? Can I get an amen? Well, I'll just put my hand up. Maybe some of y'all been pure and holy your whole life. Uh, and that could be the case. Some people maybe have not crossed into compromise, but I compromise. And, and, I, and I would come up with um, a support for the compromise. Right? You know, like something to ease me from feeling bad, but, but, but it also actually uh, comforted me from moving forward. And that's always saying, like, like, and, and relationships, uh, uh, let's say this last point, I know you might have a thought. And, and with relationships, we're cheating relationships. We talked about it Wednesday, lust cheats all relationships because it blinds you. You're going to argue more. You're going to misunderstand more. Right? You're going to be defensive more because you're feeding the flesh. You, hey, you're going to delay purpose more. How many of you? How many times have we started on this road to fulfill stuff, and it's almost like, and you hear this from people. It seems like you're starting a whole lot of things that you don't finish. That's what lust do. You use a whole lot. You have great ideas, great vision in the moment, but you get lust and you get lazy. You're not consistent. As soon as there's an obstacle, you complain. You give up. You don't think there's supposed to be no hurdles in your life. Everything's supposed to be at your convenience. Lust does that. When you're walking in the spirit, you don't operate that way. You, you see clear. You see how to get around stuff, how to get out of stuff. And, 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 and that's what's challenging us. Now, I'm in this relationship. If I'm in lust, I, I get clouded. It separates me. So now every time she takes a, a, a step to achieve, I'm uncomfortable. So now I'm competing with her. The brighter she is, the more I'm mad. Oh. Or yeah, you've heard me say the phrase, turn that light down. You know, like, like <laughs> you know, because, you know, when you're in the dark and somebody just flashed the light, you, that's what you, you know, you have a, a negative reaction, right? Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Get that light out of my face. Sensitivity. Right. You, very good. You're sensitive. But if I'm, if I'm walking in the spirit, I'm excited about being able to see out of this darkness. You see the different ways you process things? You know, we talked about earlier about that competitiveness. And we, can, we get caught up in competing and tearing folk down and that ain't all that. Not supporting somebody's dream just because it's going to take an effort of you actually assisting them. You may have to be faithful in theirs and, 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 and then yours may be next. But instead of that, you compete. That's unhealthy in a relationship. I'm, I, I said a lot. I'm sorry. Oh no, no, no. You good. You good. Um, you said something though that made me think about reasons. Reasons are a stronghold, and what a stronghold is is uh, it 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 uh, puts you in prison to the thought or that reason. So. We all, what, what I was picking up in the spirit is that we need to start challenging those reasons. Reasons why. Reasons why you think the way you think. Reasons why you do what you do. Because if you don't challenge those reasons, what happens is the reasons are in your mind, right? They, they, they're in your mind. And what happens is it, 
you hold them captive in your mind and when you hold it captive it becomes like a stronghold so it's like walls built around that reason and so no matter even if truth tries to come in your life you will reject it because why you have a reason so reasons is something that I think God really wants us to, you know, start thinking about why you do what you do. Why you, why you, why you, why, why when someone talks to you, you have like your husband or your wife, you got a challenge with um, receiving. There's a reason for that. There's a reason for everything. So we need to quit. We, we, we got to quit walking through life without thinking. Think about what you're thinking about. Like there's, there's reasons all around it, but we just casually just go through life and forget about like why we created a reason why we do what we do. Mm. And so that oftentimes that reason doesn't even go in line with God's word. So I just felt, it's so weird because the, the, the song came to me, the reason, the reason. <laughs> and it just came to me, the reason. You know, reasons. We got to challenge those reasons. Why are we, why do we find ourselves stuck in the same situation? I know. <laughs> but why, you know, why, why is it that we think the way we think? Can I jump in there? Yeah. Right, so, so reasons are a result of sin. Mm. So it was introducing the world from sin. Mm. You know, Adam and Eve were told to, uh, Everything in the garden is yours. Just stay, don't eat of the... The tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Well, the tree of knowledge of good and evil is called the tree of reason. Mm -hmm. Before they ate of that tree, evil wasn't an option. See, once they ate of that tree, now that evil's an option, now you can question doing good. You see what I'm saying? Now you can, you can come up with a... a I don't understand why I do that. You know, like you know, when your kids are young, obviously we're older, you know, in our fifties. But there's a certain point. I watched my son. Whatever he was asked to do, hey, sure, no problem. It was like he was excited to do it. But then he crossed over into the age of reason, you know. And now it's like, well, I gotta take out the garbage. What you do? Like, now, of course, he didn't say those words, but he was thinking through those things. Everything had a question now. Well, I don't understand why I need to do that. I don't understand why I do. Where does that come from? See, that's that's now they're being exposed to that sin nature, where everything has a question. You know, everything is is, is a debate. Everything is a fight, right? And that's the Bible says, casting down all imagination. And every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 10, 5. So when those thoughts come up, we got to cast them down, not allow them to build a fortress in our mind. Think about when you've done something that right now, if somebody brought up, you wouldn't even want to talk about it. Like, like you, you don't want to talk about it. You, you know, you're almost like, okay, 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 all right. I was wrong, but could we, do, could we not talk about that right now? <coughs> How'd you end up doing it? It started out as a thought. You didn't cast it down, so now it hung out in your mind long enough for it to be produced. You magnify something in your mind long enough, it will manifest in your life. You were given that ability to manifest the things of God. Think on these things. But he, tell, he told you to think on things that are lovely, things that are pure. Not lustful and things of that nature. You got, the devil's trying to use your mind against you. Right, so think about it. And normally, you come up with a reason. You come up with a justification. And that's not to con condemn but okay, once again, we said it. It's just our goal. It's our it's our measure. This is where I'm at. Now I'm gonna set this goal to what Pastor Mal said to line myself up more with the kingdom of God. Because some of us that are older, if we're honest with ourselves, she said, think about what you're thinking about. But let's just step back and look at our lives. Let's measure 
the fruit that we're producing. If we want different fruit, we got to sow different seeds. That's not me saying, um, I don't know what seeds people are sowing. I really don't. I'm just saying, Scripture says, God is not mocked. Whatsoever you soweth, that you shall reap. So we can look at our lives and know when we need to change if we're honest with ourselves because of the harvest that we're getting. Right? It says you don't get good, you don't get corrupt fruit out of a good tree. And so, so, so when you hear the word, if it's convicting you, God is saying, hey, you're sowing the wrong seeds. Change what you're sowing. Change the choices you're making. Line things up more with God. If we're honest with ourselves, God gives us advanced information. A lot of times he give us, give us, gives it to us when you're not in a crucial situation. Actually, when things are going quite well. He's going, hey, just want to make you aware. This little bit right here, if you don't change this, this is going to destroy everything you've been working for. But we'll ignore that signal. And then now when it happens, we go, I don't know why this is happening. But if we look back, God told us in his word ahead of time. Right? And so, 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 so it's going to help us to have better relationships. That's why we talk, like we're competing, we're jealous, we're envious, as if God doesn't have nothing for us. We can't celebrate when somebody elevates. When that's, that, that's the number one thing, if somebody come up here, they can sing and the whole house look like they're about to fall instead of us valuing that and letting it attach itself to us, because that's how it attaches itself to you when you value it. We go, well, they ain't all that. Well, I don't understand why that's, like, well, it was okay. I mean, you know, I just think all that extra color wasn't necessary. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, like, that anointing is looking to be smeared. God said, I'm gonna pour out my spirit on all flesh. It's looking to be smeared. Uh, I learned this when you have a leak in the ceiling. Uh, we had a uh, 66,000 square foot building at the, the last church I was working for. And so there was a leak in my office. And so when a guy came out, he said, the tough part is we got to go through this whole roof and then underneath the roof to find out where is this coming from? Because just because it's in your office, it could have traveled from the other side of the building and looked for a path of least resistance. The interesting thing is the anointing and the power and the favor of God is that way. It's looking for where it can be absorbed, where it can, where there's an opening. And it normally finds the opening in people who value favor, value the anointing, appreciate when people are doing brilliant things, not hating when people are doing brilliant things. If you're feeling uneasy, or if you, <coughs> I can't believe they do I don't understand why Minister Sammy is, is writing for uh, such and such, uh, magazine. I'm a writer. Good. Now value and appreciate the fact that him and his wife is writing and that same favor will jump on you. Amen. It jumped on them. Amen. They was appreciating us writing. They didn't go Pastor Keith, Pastor Mel, how they even meet somebody from Australia. They, they weren't tripping like that. You, you, you know, I mean, I know I'm joking but what I'm saying is this is and I know we're talking about relationships, but think about how many times you are arguing because you just hating because somebody else got favor. How many times your spouse will ask you or your friend or a family member will ask you advice about a great opportunity and you'll try to disturb them away from it? Because, you know, if they get the opportunity, they're going to blow up even more. And you want to wait till you blown up before they blow up. How many times you do that with your friend? Well, I, they, they want you to do such and such. I don't know. That, that might be too much, you know. You know, because then, you know, that's more responsibility. People be tripping. You know, that's going to be, you know, your schedule. We, you know, we like, we kick it. When you're going to be able to kick it as much? I, I don't know. I don't know. You might really want to think about that. Why do we do that? Scripture says, Philippians 2. Now, I'm going to let you jump in. Philippians 2. It says, do all things without strife and vain glory. We talked about this earlier today. Esteem others better than yourself. Look every man on another's and not on yourself. 
Right? Are we living that scripture out? Are we excited to, to, to assist, be faithful in another man? At every level? Or are we looking for to compete or to one-up somebody? Okay, so what you said made me think about um, people that are blessed. God has richly blessed them, houses, cars, money. Um, sometimes the enemy is so cunning that what he does is he tries to get that person not to share his glory. So they feel some kind of way to talk about the blessings that God blessed them with. And that is a trick of the enemy because ultimately everything that happens in our life, God really wants to get the glory. The bigger the, the, the bigger the story is, the bigger the glory. And so when you are blessed, I just feel the need to say this, when you are blessed, God has blessed you, that's not the time to be like, well, I don't want to share because you know, people are going to feel some kind of way. Sometimes we do that, you know what I mean? But that's a part of your testimony. That's a part of the testimony people need to hear. If he did it for you, he'll do it for me. But if you hold on to your testimony because you think, I don't know what people are going to think. You know, I used to <laughs> struggle with this for many years where um, just jealousy. No reason why, just jealousy. And, 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 but for whatever reason, it never stopped me from sharing. And I remember... <laughs> I remember uh, he would tell me, he said, you know, you don't need to be sharing everything with everybody. But I'm thinking, how would God get his glory if I don't tell my story? And so uh, for a minute there, it, it got me. I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't because that's why people are, you know, feeling some kind of way towards me. But then I was like thinking, wait a minute, that's shortchanging God. So if you are out there and God has blessed you, now it, you, it has to come with the right attitude. You know, you know when you, you flaunt it to, to a person's face. You know what I mean? You know when you gloating over it. You know, but if it's in a spirit of humility, like God bless me, this is what he did for me. That is, that is big. But so many people choke because they think if I share this, people are going to feel some kind of way. The enemy, that's, a, that's a, uh, one of his devices. He wants to shut you down. Smother your life. He, 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 wants to sh he wants to smother your life. He wants to smother what God is doing so that God can't get the credit. So if that's you and God has blessed you, say it. Say it to the people. This is what God has done. Scripture says, let your light shine. That's right. Don't hide it under a bushel. Put it on full blast. Don't be embarrassed for what God has done for you. You know, I mean, it's so easy to, to do that. Like, you know, like, especially when, when everybody around you may not be experiencing what you're experiencing. But you might be the, the person that God is using to give the vision, to give the inspiration. But if you hold it to yourself and be like, I ain't going to say nothing because they're they going to take it the wrong way. Well, that's, that's, that's between them and God. They ain't got nothing to do with you. So tell your story. Amen. Let, let your light shine. That's right. 